0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Factor, the meal delivery service that provides fresh, ready-prepared meals to support even the busiest of lifestyles. It's always a great start to my day knowing I have something delicious to eat for a quick lunch. You'd think it would be easier to prioritize eating well since I work from home, but I find I'm racing the clock to get as much done as possible before school pickup. I love Factor because their food is delicious, fresh, and the meals are super convenient. All you have to do is heat for two minutes and enjoy. I have especially enjoyed the sun-dried tomato chicken and the stuffed pepper casserole. The pre-made smoothies are also tasty and refreshing. Want to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit to start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Head to factormeals.com slash 3in3050 and use code 3in3050 to get 50% off your first box. That's code 3in3050 at factormeals.com slash 3in3050 to get 50% off your first box. Welcome to 3in30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, my friends, and happy Monday, or whatever day it is when you listen to this episode. Today, I'm re-airing an episode that originally aired just over a year ago, all about how to repair after a fight with your partner. The guests are Aaron and Jocelyn Freeman, who you might know from Instagram as Meet the Freemans. I was reminded of this episode when I saw an Instagram reel that the Freemans made recently, which shows a couple going about their day while giving each other the silent treatment. It is painful to watch them moving around their kitchen, refusing to acknowledge the other's presence. And with the poignant music playing over the top, this video just really drives home the damage that we do to our relationships when we don't know how to repair after an argument. Over 6.5 million people have viewed this reel and left almost 2,000 heartfelt comments wanting to know how to improve their communication within their relationships. So clearly this is a topic that lots of us can relate to, and that's why I decided to re-air this episode that is so needed for all of us. By way of introduction of our guests, Jocelyn and Aaron Freeman are the authors of The Argument Hangover, Empowering couples to fight smarter and overcome communication pitfalls. Through their coaching practice and their couples' workshops, they have helped over a million people with the relationship skills to communicate better and resolve conflicts faster, and they will be sharing some of their secrets with us in the episode today. I also wanted to let you know that since this episode originally aired, the Freemans have a new guide out called Making Up and Moving Forward. This step by step guide will help you to repair after an argument and ensure it's resolved for good so that you can get back to the good times. The guide includes prompts, reflections, and how to overcome the very common mistakes couples make, and you can purchase it at thecouplesexperience.com guide. So if this episode leaves you wanting to learn more from the Freemans on this important topic, the guide will be linked in the show notes. So let's get to it. If you ever get mad at your partner and give them the silent treatment or spend hours or even days simmering in hurt or anger, this conversation is for you here's my conversation with the Freemans. Jocelyn and Aaron. welcome to 3 30. Thanks so much for having yes, us. Yes, thank
1: you for having us here.
0: I'm so excited to talk to you today about conflict in marriage mm-hmm. and how to overcome that. And before we really dive into the takeaways, I was going to ask what made the two of you decide to focus your life's work around coaching couples and strengthening marriage?
2: I think the fact that we didn't have the tools ourselves early on, we actually had completely different upbringings. The short version of it is Aaron never saw conflict in Mm -hmm. his family. You know, like the moment there was tension, right? Your dad would just kind of walk out of the room.
1: Yeah. So guess what I did?
0: Start to shut down, walk out of the room. (laughs) So you did the same, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. I mean, what else? But honestly, that seemed, which is what we're going to talk about, it seemed like a better thing then if I said what was right there for me but what else would I go off of because that's what I saw growing up whereas yeah. I saw
2: the opposite end which was extremely intense conflict yelling Hitting things, storming out of the room, eventually leading to a divorce. And so Mm -hmm. we came into this relationship with completely different blueprints and patterns for conflict, and then realized there really aren't that many places to focus on your relationship and the marriage and skills. And so that led to the end of the day,
1: if you were a doctor, you would get plenty of education so you could be the best you could. Mm -hmm. But people Mm -hmm. enter into a marriage with what? we're great. There's love here. And we don't build our marriage based on skills. If you're honest with yourself, you wing it in your marriage. That's what you do.
0: (laughs) And parenthood as well. I mean, the most important roles in our lives, it's true. And kudos to you for slowing down and nurturing and building those skills. And then also sharing them with others. You say here that behind any relationship challenge is a missing relationship skill that can be learned. And right when I read that, I thought, Yes. Boom. Because it is all based on skills, which Mm -hmm. we're going to talk a little bit more about today. What in your research have you found about conflict in marriage? Is it necessary? Is it normal? How does it impact kids? Just tell us a little bit about that before we head into our takeaways.
1: There will always be conflict if you break it down to conflict is two different, maybe opposing perspectives. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. But We all relate to conflict from the emotional standpoint, the trigger standpoint, the reaction standpoint. So the main point is conflict when avoided in the short term only builds resentment, Mm. suppression of self-expression, and emotional distance. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing you get. But it's because of the perception we've had around conflict, what we've seen in media growing up. And why it seems so challenging is really these two things. Because when you have opposing views, I mean, emotion gets brought into it, but then you do two things. You either do or say something that causes more damage and hurt. Mm. That's why we think we should avoid it. The other thing is the argument hangover. You get into this period of time afterwards where your energy is low. Maybe you feel anger. You're certainly disconnected from your partner. And some people, honestly, I was just messaging a guy just before this, three weeks now in an argument hangover.
0: Oh, my gosh. Some
1: people a week, some people a few days. But the goal of conflict is not to avoid it, shorten your argument hangover, and then have the awareness and the tools to keep it from escalating to doing damage.
0: Mm, Now
1: you can be on the same team looking at the challenge rather than have a challenge be something that puts you against your partner.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes so much sense.
2: I'll add to the parenting part. Yes, please do. Because again, I grew up witnessing really intense conflicts and I never saw my parents show the repair process. Mm. So I see this, you know, emotion, this anger, and then I didn't see them ever come back. How did they resolve it? Was their love still present? So as a kid, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is everything okay? And do they love each other still? And do they love me? You know, like it even brings things up for kids. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is important. And now that we're a, a parent, we're parents to a girl, we want her to see that you can argue in a healthy way. That's a part Mm -hmm. of a relationship and here's how you repair. So we're going to show her. And that's what we encourage all parents to do is you don't have to have the conflict in front of them. It might not be appropriate. Maybe you need to say, Hey, let's take this to the other room. Let's talk privately, but at least show them the repair process. Mm -hmm. And that's our specialty. And I know what we're going to go into with the three takeaways as well is how do you actually repair? Because I'm sorry is not enough.
0: Yeah. And I love, Erin, what you pointed out about shortening the length of that argument hangover, which is actually the title of your book, right? The Argument Hangover. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Shorten the amount of time that you are out of connection with your partner. And it is so important to model for your kids how to do that. I mean, none of us consciously chooses to fight with our partner in front of our kids, but sometimes it just happens. There's a tense moment, something gets heated, even in the best marriages, and then kids, they sort of look at each other and look at you, and you can either brush it under the rug and never address it, or you can say to them, dad and I disagree right now, that's okay, that's normal in relationships, and we still love each other, or you can talk through and apologize in front of them, whatever it takes for them to know that it's okay to have conflict in solid, steady relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that leads really well into your three takeaways. So let's just get started with your first one.
2: Yeah. And these are actually coming from, we actually have five R's to repair after an argument. And for the show, we're going to take three of the five. Okay. We can share a link if people are interested at the end of where they could hear about all five of them. But the first one, the first takeaway is you want to reflect, And as simple as it may sound, what do people do, especially busy parents? It doesn't seem like there's a lot of time to reflect, but you want to take even a few minutes not to just get busy and distracted and do the dishes and then just move on, but actually reflect what was the true source of this? especially if it was something mm. where maybe things were said to each other that have been suppressed. I'm not talking about a conflict like that was silly about a fork on the counter, but if there was some real meat to the argument, reflect on where that came from. Is it an unmet expectation? Have you not been sharing your needs with your partner? Is it something else that wasn't resolved and you've actually been brushing it under the rug and now it's coming to the surface? That reflection piece is so important because then you're able to learn something for the future. If you don't take that time to reflect what's going to likely happen again in the future, same pattern and same thing coming up.
1: You want to keep things from escalating. So you might need to request, hey, it seems like this is not constructive or I need to process something. I'd like to request a pause right here. Mm -hmm. Let's come back to this at X specific time. So, I can process this and you go into your own reflection. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And last thing I'll say about the reflection piece, and this is not easy, but so important, is to see where you can take responsibility. You know, when you go to your partner, part of why we say, I'm sorry isn't enough is because your partner might wonder, well, what are you sorry for exactly? (laughs) Do you really understand the impact? That your actions had on me, which is a lot of times what people are left with is, well, when you said this, this is how it hurt me. And so you want to look, okay, where can I take responsibility for how that got started or how it got escalated or the way I said something? So Mm -hmm. that taking responsibility piece in your reflection is really important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love, Erin, that you mentioned it can happen in the middle of a heated. If you have the emotional regulation, which isn't always easy, to stop yourself and say, hey, I need a pause. You can take it, reflect, and come back. But it can also happen after the blow up When you're disconnected, you can just think, this feels awful. Why did this happen? What can I learn from it? What can we do differently in the future is that key point. And I was just this morning listening to a podcast episode I wish I could remember the name of the podcast. A friend sent it to me. I'll link it in the show notes. But he said, if it's hysterical, it's history. Hmm. He said, any hysterical response that you have to something, there's history there. There's a reason why. It probably goes back to something that was triggering to you as a child or a concern or a worry that you have that's deeper than just the issue of getting mad that your husband left dishes on the table again and didn't wash them, you know? Mm. So, so pausing and thinking, my reaction to this is overblown. It's a bit hysterical. So what's the history and how can I address it, talk to my partner about it? And I feel like when we talk to our loved ones about the honest, vulnerable things that are happening for us inside, there's so much tenderness there. It's almost impossible to continue feeling mad at somebody that is saying, I'm sorry that I lost it. I think it's because when I was a child, this is how my parents would react or this is a deep fear I have. I mean, how is the other person going to continue to be mad at you when you have vulnerably shared in that way? Mm -hmm. But that takes practice. And sometimes it's the last thing you want to do when you're mad at someone is share your heart with them. Oh,
2: vulnerability (laughs) is the solution and it's challenging.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Fabric by Gerber Life. Are you looking to get your financial future organized? Life insurance can have a bad rap for being complicated, but Fabric makes it easy to apply with its seamless digital experience. And if you need extra support, Fabric's team of licensed insurance agents can answer questions along the way. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Plus you can get wills, access to college savings funds, and more tools to help protect your family's financial future, all in an easy online experience. Protect your family today with Fabric by Gerber Life. Apply in just 10 minutes at meetfabric.com slash 3in30. That's meetfabric.com slash 3in30, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash 3in30. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. This entire episode is about learning to communicate with your partner with love and respect, even in the heated moments, and learning how to repair and reconnect after a fight. And counseling is an incredible way to learn how to do this. BetterHelp Online Therapy offers both couples counseling and individual counseling, and either one of those will greatly improve your marriage as you learn to see yourself more clearly and gain tools for emotional resilience. To get started, just go to betterhelp.com 3in30 and fill out a confidential intake questionnaire about your needs. You'll be matched with a licensed professional counselor who can help you within 48 hours, and you can do the appointments on your own time and from the comfort of your own home via video, chat, or even text. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com 3in30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com 3in30.
1: So, the second takeaway is to reconnect. Mm. And our invitation is for you to look at how long does it normally take us to, quote unquote, reconnect and really commit to having it be shorter.
2: We Mm. find that a lot of couples, it can be days. They're giving each other the silent treatment, one word answers. They're just kind of like living together and Mm. they really know they're not connected. And that's. Not the best place to be. Yeah.
1: Now, before anyone thinks that you know what we mean by reconnect, it's not what you think. So, reconnect is now where you move from that time on your own where you reflected and you looked for where you have responsibility. The mm-hmm. reconnect is now you come together physically in the time that you set out and you start, you be the leader, the one that's listening to this podcast, and you start by literally saying, Hey, partner in my reflection, where I see I have responsibility is blank. Mm. Honestly, the attitude that I had, the tone of voice that I used, how I brought up the past, how I related you to your mother, whatever it is, I take responsibility for walking out because that probably had you feel abandoned or the mm. tone I used probably had you feel really disrespected. Mm. And I take responsibility for that. Now, To your point, right, we're already doing something that is vulnerable, it is challenging. If you truly want to repair, here's what is usually missing. Because that's good, but if you want to actually have your partner feel emotionally repaired, you now say to them, but is there any other impact on you? Mm. And you listen. You do not invalidate by saying, but that wasn't my intent or that doesn't make sense. None of that matters. You have to now listen. And when they say, well, it was actually the facial expression you had really had me feel
2: like you, you just didn't very dismissed.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't even realize that was a part of the impact. Now I understand. I really am sorry for the facial expression I had because I now understand it had you feel dismissed. Now we can repair. Otherwise, you're just guessing at what you think the impact is hmm. And this is the piece that is always missed. And this is the key to repair.
2: We were even talking to a couple yesterday and they've done a lot of personal development. They've worked on themselves a lot. But what they realized was they don't actually come back to do this reconnect stage. They both have been doing their reflection. And we often find I'm not a huge fan of generalizations. But so quick disclaimer this is a bit of a generalization <laughs> about men. Men mm-hmm. can be somewhat better compartmentalizers, right? Mm-hmm. They can kind of be processing, thinking about it and then eventually they just seem fine and over it. And then the partner's like, "I, I haven't been over it." And mm-hmm. and you think we're just past this, mm-hmm. that reconnect step is important. It's like a little mini huddle. "Hey, is there anything else we need to acknowledge say to each other so that we don't then drag this emotional baggage into the future
0: into the next argument
2: (laughs) yep exactly it's going on your backpack and it's
0: just coming to the next one
1: and it'll be a part of that history that leads to hysteria later.
0: <laughs> yes, totally. And Aaron, I love that you emphasized impact is greater than intent. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if that wasn't your intent. What matters is the impact it had on the other person. And that's something that's come up in some episodes that I've done previously on anti-racism and teaching mm-hmm. your children about racism is if someone says That this felt racist or this felt dismissive to me because of my race. It doesn't matter if that wasn't your intent. You just say, I'm so sorry. Tell me more about that and listen. And that's the same within our relationships with all of your takeaways you're sharing right now. I'm thinking this is so important with our children too, to reconnect and repair with our children. And even if you didn't intend to make them feel a certain way, just listen so that you can reconnect with them. Yeah.
2: I think it's hard to kind of accept as human beings that we can see a situation so differently. It's like, no, my reality is reality. So I can't believe you see it that way. Mm. And that's one thing we have to just let go of sometimes is my partner is a different human being we could have seen the situation completely differently. My face, I could have thought it looked like this, but actually they felt it looked like this. And and to really just let go of our view needing to be right in those moments. And just like you said, just listen. Hey, let me understand how that impacted you. Yeah, it, It's challenging. Yeah.
1: Last thing, yeah. actually, <laughs> it's really difficult for us to own that the intent that we set out could have unintended impact. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: I mean, we're obviously marriage coaches, but what you're saying is so true about any relationship, any human interaction that you have with anyone in your life to understand that because you intended for something to happen does not mean it will and can have very different impact than what you thought.
0: Yeah. I mean, I work on this with my kids all the time where if one of my children accidentally steps on the other one or, you know, hits them, bonks them, whatever, and the other child is crying and the child says, well, I didn't mean to. So that means you don't need to check on them. That means you don't need to say you're sorry that, you know, I say it doesn't matter. Just get down and say, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. What can I do to make it better? That's the mm-hmm. the key, you know, and we teach our children this, but so often we're not willing to do the same and just say, what can I do to make it better? How can I help with this harm that I maybe inadvertently caused, but I still caused it. So I love this point.
2: Yes. And the reconnect step just really want to underline. If it typically takes you two days to reconnect, make it a day. If it's Mm. a day, make it six hours. Try to make it a shorter and shorter period of time where you wait to come back together.
0: Yeah. And you're not going to go from needing a day to reconnect to needing a minute to slowly shorten this. And I'm assuming in your work, you've seen couples get better and better at this and that argument hangover gets shorter and shorter. Is that true? Exactly.
2: Yep. So now going into the third takeaway, and these are all R's. We love anything where we can use the same letter, right? So yeah,
0: you're talking to a former high school English (laughs) teacher. So I love the alliteration.
2: Exactly. So this is actually the fourth R. We won't get into the fifth R in today's uh, episode. But the fourth R is to remind each other. And we're going to explain what we mean by that. But I would guess that none of you listening have really done this in your conflict repair. So it's a big bet to say. But what (laughs) you want to do is remind each other of two things. Number one, what your commitment is to each other. This is especially important, again, if this was a pretty escalated conflict or maybe stuff from the past was brought up. And that's reminding each other of, hey, I'm committed to listening to you better in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, I'm really committed to handling my emotional triggers more constructively. Hey, I'm committed that we actually pause in front of our kids and we don't have the whole conversation in front of them. So sharing some commitment for Mm -hmm. the future moving forward and maybe Aaron can elaborate on that one. And then the second thing that you're reminding each other of is your agreements. Aaron, you want to talk about agreements? Because I bet well, no people one listening has might be like,
1: Well, I don't have agreements. Well, this is the stage where you need to make some agreements. Okay. A great place to look since we're talking about conflict. You can really look for yourself and think, well, what is it that set me off or triggered me? Is that something that is frequent? So for example this is an agreement that we have that there's no swearing. Now, I in this stage can say now, Jocelyn, I'm not saying you don't get to swear at me. But what I realize is when they're swearing, it triggers me. So as a benefit to me to help myself emotionally regulate, I like to make the agreement that we have no swearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one that's actually ours is Hey, I know it has us both feel isolated and it's just not supportive. And I I know I do typically walk out of the room and, and leave rather than deal with it. So I will make the agreement not to just walk out unless we set a specific time to come back to it.
2: And the Mm -hmm. agreement piece is so important. We call them create agreements for times of conflict because if you think about it, anything like a boxing match, how does it work? Well, they have rules that they have Mm -hmm. to follow. If there weren't rules, they would really hurt each other even more than they do. Mm -hmm. And so we find that couples just kind of go into conflict, no plan, no agreements. It's kind of a free-for-all. And Mm -hmm. a free-for-all can only lead to emotional damage with each other and saying and doing things that then you kind of have to apologize for after and the agreements are not hey you you know you're forcing it on them you actually are sitting down together mm-hmm. and you're saying what agreements do we want to come up with together because we know that this is going to help us fight smarter. That's what we like to call it. Fight smarter with each other. And we recommend starting with four agreements with each other, right? So a couple of our examples was no swearing, no no No
1: yelling is one, and then
2: no bringing up the past is our fourth. Mm -hmm.
1: Now that one is easier for us to do because we've gone through and we've repaired everything from the past. So Mm -hmm. I just want another disclaimer. If you're not repaired from some things from the past, don't set the agreement of not bringing up the past because you still need to do the work to repair that. Right. So we're in a place where we've repaired the past so we can have that as an agreement, but there might still be some work to do.
2: So just as a reminder, the fourth R is remind, right? And you're reminding each other of what your commitment is in the future. And then you're reminding each other of what agreements you either need to reestablish or you need to recommit to as well so that you are fighting smarter with each other.
1: And then last thing with all of these, this actually is a very linear process. You have to go in this order (laughs) because watch what happens. Even though in this stage, Jocelyn talked about sharing your commitment. If I try to share my commitment before the reconnect, before my partner is validated in the impact, what will I say? Well, don't you know that my commitment is blank? Don't you know that that's not what I meant? So if you try to share your commitment before the impact is acknowledged, you only invalidate that that's been their experience. Mm
0: -hmm. So it doesn't
1: work. You actually have to do these things in this order. Otherwise, you don't get to this place where the commitment and the agreement can actually be fully received by your partner and you can collaboratively set them because now you're both in a space where you felt understood, your partner acknowledged the impact, only now can you really have an effective conversation about commitments and agreements for the future.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I want to dig a little bit deeper into this. So I'm sure you recommend that people set their agreements in a time when they're feeling connected, calm, outside of the argument. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me that you mentioned that one of yours is not bringing up the past, especially when you think about how we talked about how important acknowledging the past is at, at the beginning of the interview. I'm guessing that what you mean by that is that you won't bring up the past of like, well, you always do this or last week when you did that or, you know, a year ago when this or that happened, which to me is different than exploring your individual past and sharing vulnerably about when my parents did this or that, this really hurt me, which can be really connective conversations to have about the past versus conversations about the past that are accusatory, that are more about not letting your partner be a new and better version of themselves today than they were last week or last month or last year. Does that does that sound accurate?
2: Beautiful clarification. Yep. You absolutely want to explore your past together. To your point, yeah. it's very connecting and bonding and healing. This is more so of not using your past together as ammo and mm-hmm. that you're kind of keeping track of things and not forgiving them. Because especially if it is something from the past that you did say, I forgive you for, But Mm -hmm. then you bring it up again, it can be even more painful because it's like, I thought we forgave each other for that. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Here's like another one nuance to that. If you do bring up the past, that Mm -hmm. can be a signal that it wasn't repaired. Mm -hmm. And then what you want to do is not try to resolve it then. You go, oh, this is a clear little indication that we didn't resolve that actually. We should use the Freeman's 5 R process to go repair that thing that we brought up. Yeah, And so you're not trying to use it for ammo in that conversation. You'd say, you know what? I realize I actually do need to come back and discuss that
0: because I'm Mm -hmm. not over it. Yeah. I need to work through that so that I can move forward. Mm -hmm. What does this look like in a conversation? I mean, you're right that I don't think this is something that we typically do, the remind piece. What does that sound like when you're repairing?
2: Yeah. So like we're in the reconnect stage, right? So the first one being reflect, second responsibility, third reconnect. So we're in the reconnect stage. Once we've gotten the impact with each other, you know, both of our feelings and everything's been acknowledged, then it start to sound like, okay, well, I'd like to make the commitment moving forward that I will express my needs before it becomes resentment. Mm-hmm. What about you?
1: Well, I realize What got us here was I didn't keep our agreement and I did walk out and I didn't set a time to come back. So I want to remake and remind us of the agreement. And for me, I'm going to keep the agreement now going forward.
0: You're right. I'm recommitted to that agreement as well. That's perfect. I love that modeling. And I mean, it will feel uncomfortable for people at first to do this, right? It feels kind of formal. We're not used to talking this way to each other. But does it get easier for your clients the more that they do this? Absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean,
1: trying to ride a bike is uncomfortable too, right? It hurts yeah. in the beginning because <laughs> you fall off. But that doesn't mean that riding a bike is not a pure joy. So just because something you know is different than what you've been used to, it's going mm-hmm. to take a little bit. It might feel a little slower as you go back and forth. Mm. But when you think about it, and we talk about slower, is your conversation in this case taking ten minutes? isn't that better than the three days of argument hangover or doing more damage? Absolutely. So yes, to your point, it does take practice. Anything that is a new habit is creating new neural pathways. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to say about the science. So yes, it just takes some practice. And then if both of you really take this on, you'll dramatically change the way that you see conflict And it can be something that actually ends up connecting you Mm -hmm. because you realize and understand more about each other Mm -hmm. and realize that you learn lessons from conflict as a team. So you're almost like this conflict is going to be a good thing because we always learn from it, right? So you can actually start to change the way you see it.
0: I 100% feel that with my children when I... Yell or lose it. When I go back and sincerely apologize and we talk about what happened and they feel heard, I feel closer. I feel like our relationship is stronger than it otherwise would have been had that conflict never happened. Now, do I want those conflicts to happen? Not necessarily, but that's such a uplifting fact of life that repair makes things stronger. And Mm -hmm. like it's never too late. You're never too far gone. You can repair these things and be stronger than ever. And Aaron's giving me the thumbs up. I wish (laughs) you guys could see on the screen. I also wish that listeners could see the the way that you two looked at each other in the eyes when you were recommitting to each other. Mm -hmm. So for your clients that you teach this process to, do they come together and say, Hey, I want to have a repair conversation right now. Or do they just come and sort of start it by apologizing? How does it start?
2: I think a great place, well, number one, if the couples wanted to watch this process more, and if you're okay, we do have a free web class where we yeah. explain that. We can give the URL if you're open to that.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So that's real quick. It's online couples workshops with an S dot com slash repair. So okay. I think it'd be important for you two to watch us model through that again and explain each step. Mm. Then with that structure, And you'll see some visuals in it as well. Being able to go to each other and say, hey, let's practice that 5 R process. And as funny as it might sound, do it step-by-step, like with the worksheet after watching our web class, like, okay, let's do the first one. And use it step-by-step until you really can do it more organically, which then you will get kind of your own rhythm with it. Mm. But yes, you can go up to them and just say, hey, I'd like to have a repair conversation. I'd like to go through the five-Rs.
0: Okay. Well, this has been so powerful and I'm so glad that you mentioned that additional resource. Can you tell the URL one more time?
2: Yep. So it's com slash
0: repair. Okay, perfect. And also your book, I want to point people to your book, The Argument Hangover. And is there anything else, anywhere else you'd like to point us, or anything else you would like to add before we end?
2: Well, we're super social on Instagram. We follow you on there as well. Um, We're Meet the Freemans, M E T underscore the Freemans. And we answer a lot of questions on there. So we're always happy to connect with people on social media. And then the book is a great place,
0: and the web class. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate having you on 3 and 30. Thanks for having us. What a great conversation that literally every couple needs to hear because we all fight at times. You can use the Freeman's three R's for conflict resolution with your spouse and with your children. And as a quick recap of what those three R's are, first we have reflect. Either after a fight happens or even in the midst of it, if you take a breather, take time to reflect on the actual cause of the conflict, the deep down cause. Was there an expectation that wasn't met? Was it vocalized? Why did you have that expectation? Are feelings from your childhood or your deepest fears coming up for you? Do some digging so you can learn from the conflict as you move forward. Make sure you also reflect on where you could take responsibility for the conflict instead of solely blaming your partner. Second, reconnect. After you've reflected, aim to reconnect more quickly than you normally would. In the argument hangover period, the tendency can be to be frustrated and disconnected for hours, days, even weeks sometimes. Shorten that length of time by vulnerably going to your partner and asking to repair. Take responsibility for your part and ask, is there any other impact on you? And then be willing to listen. Third, remind remind each other what you've both committed to and what your agreements are. These agreements should be made in a calm, connected moment when you decide how you will fight smart, what behaviors you will not engage in as a couple when you are feeling frustrated with each other. You can honor yourself and your relationship by reminding each other of those agreements and what you commit to moving forward as you repair from a conflict. If you want to learn Jocelyn and Erin's additional two R's for conflict resolution and see examples of this process in action, You can go to the link in my show notes. I'm grateful for their expertise and for the work they're doing in the world. And I'm grateful for each and every one of you who took the time to listen today. I'm rooting for you, and I hope you have a great week with your family.
2: I'm Stacey Toth. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And we'd like to invite you to come listen to our podcast, The Whole View. Each week, we follow the science for an in-depth answer to a listener-requested topic related to health and wellness. But we're not your typical health show. We're talking emotional and physical, looking at dozens of scientific studies to support our answers. You might be surprised what the science can tell us. When we share practical tips and embarrassing personal stories, we make sure no one is left thinking perfection is the goal. In fact, this one time at Bandcamp. Uh, uh, Not now, Stacey. Oh, right, sorry. I was about to get on a soapbox again.